eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The following is a gopowercat.com and Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to gopowercat.com's Powercat Insiders podcast, presented by Commerce Bank, and it starts right now. Now, let's go to the WTC Gig-Powered Studios. Here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. It's another edition of the PowerCat Insiders podcast from GoPowerCat.com from the WTC Gig-Powered Studios. Tim Fitzgerald, publisher, Matt Walters of the K-State Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Yes! I read it right off the sheet. Kellis Robinette of the Wichita Eagle and Kansas City Star as we find out uh, mostly the Wichita Eagle since he got left out of Chiefs fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the whole world. So, well, somebody had to go to Morgantown. Come on, they took the entire printing press to Miami, yeah. but left Kellis behind to cover K State. Ryan Black of the Manhattan Mercury Sports Editor, and congratulations to him. He found a new writer. Yeah, let's insert applause here. <laughs> Lots to cover here today, and of course, I want to talk about Baylor and K State. Monday night, which is why we're doing this on Tuesday instead of our normal Monday. But let's roll back a little bit and look at that uh, uh, loss at Morgantown. This is a tough stretch of games. This was a really challenging stretch of games for K-State. They got the win um, in against Oklahoma, right? And then they Correct. move into – and that was almost a must win. I mean – at some point, they all become must-wins when you're struggling like Kansas State. But uh, then they had the really challenging trip to Morgantown to play, to play a West Virginia team that wanted some revenge. And then, of course, they came home to play Baylor in a three-day stretch, number one in the country. Pretty good team. But that was an interesting game for me. I thought they were going to get absolutely blown out at Morgantown. And they kind of hung around. And I feel like we're hanging medals on their chest for hanging around and playing hard, which I know disturbs some people. But as bad as things are going, you got to find some good. And they fought and they clawed, and they're just, again, they're not finite enough to exact enough in what they do to win those close games. But I thought the way they beat West Virginia, West Virginia would open the, you know what, on them in Morgantown. It didn't really happen. I was I was pleased, but are we wrong in talking about, boy, they play hard and keep it competitive, or is that just what it is this season? That's what Ryan tweeted last night. Oh yeah, you did. Doggone it. That's right. No, I mean I, I again I guess, I guess you know it just it really depends I think on what kind of person you are. I mean if you're someone who's a pessimist, I'd say that yeah you'd say well well yeah all the moral victories look really nice, yeah. but they uh-huh. don't actually count in the win column. Or you can view it another way and just say it would be extremely easy for this team just to give up and to say, oh, we can roll over and not even try. But, I mean, it just seems like time and again, every game just about, uh, you know, outside of really the way the KU game ended, that, that I mean, this this team at least always fights to the very end. And I think that's I think that's commendable. I mean, maybe some people don't. Like I said, some people, if you want to look at it, just literally it's just another loss, then, then fine. But I, I think there is something to be said for – Always giving an effort, even when right. maybe the thing, a lot of things are stacked against you. Teams quit, and they yeah. have not, despite all the problems, they have not quit on mm-hmm. Bruce Weber. I'm going to go the other way on that one. I don't really, it doesn't impress me at all that they that they play hard. I mean, if if you can't get your team to play hard, you shouldn't be coaching. That's Good like point. the ultimate baseline. 
There's no, you don't get a medal for playing hard. If you're getting a scholarship, you're out there playing. You should be giving your max effort at all times. Um, I do think this team, though, has, I mean, the losses, I, I understand people are upset with them, but they've covered the spread in three, four, five straight games, something like that. They're actually overachieving in, in some tiny, super small ways. It's just the, uh, the talent and the complementary players just aren't there right now. Both both points are right. valid. Yep. I I'll look at stuff from a fan's perspective, but if you go back to when Bruce started at K State, how many times have they been nine and thirteen? Since Bruce started, yeah. zero. How many times have the they been two and seven yeah. in the league? And this be the it, it happens. It happened. Doesn't happen to Kansas, but. It ha- literally happens to everybody else. You know, this is a team that has a lot of warts. We've talked about them for months. They've, they being the coaching staff, have tweaked some things. At times it's worked, at times it hasn't. But what this team has a tendency to do, it fell behind by 16 last night right away. Right. You can't get down 22-6 to six and beat the Baylors, the KUs, the Oklahomas, the whatever. You just you can't do that. When this team has to do, and I mean has to do the right things, it can't get it done. They're, they claw back last night. You look, go back to the last five minutes. Look at the mistakes that were made. K-State's right there. Cartier Jada turns it over a couple times. They take some, un, you know, some ill-advised shots, and they just don't have that ability to finish people off. And it was the same way at West Virginia. So the second yeah. half, they had four straight free throws to tie and take the lead. They missed all four. I know. And I, I would be more impressed, like, you talk about trying hard, playing hard and everything. I'd be more impressed if they got up on Baylor 22-6 and just couldn't quite hold on. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't just have the talent to win. But when they're coming out and not even giving themselves a chance, I mean, yeah, great, they fought back and covered the spread. But the game was over. Yeah. Eight minutes I, in, they weren't winning at that point. I yeah. think a lot, in a lot of ways, Fitzy, is you you know it's it's talked about when you dig yourself these holes it takes so much effort and energy to get back and sometimes teams don't even you, you may get within two or three and you get it tied once in a great while you take the lead but then you probably don't hold it but I think right now it's you know we're getting close to mid February and this is the worst stretch and the mm-hmm. toughest stretch of the year and I think in a lot of ways this team is. This isn't going to come out right, but this team is fried, but they still keep battling. I give them that. I'm going to completely 100,000% disagree with you, Kellis, because you know what? Ask Kyle Shanahan whether he'd like to be known as a guy who's blown a 28-3 lead and now a 20-10 lead in the second half of a Super Bowl, or whether he would have liked to have been the team that almost came back and won. I guarantee you, I guarantee you he would not say what you just said, because now he's known as a guy who can't close. He can't win. But you know what he's also going to say? Nobody remembers who lost the Super Bowl. They just remember who won. That's probably Mm -hmm. what he would say. People have long memories. People know the Bills lost four straight Super Bowls. Well, I also think that um, the Kansas State Wildcats aren't the best team in the NFC. I mean, the expectations for what... Yeah, the get, 49ers get to the are national doing championship game, and then maybe we'll have that coming. Yeah, exactly. I, I think right now uh, they're one of the worst teams in the Big 12. Probably not the worst, as we feared at one point in the season. But um, I kind of agree. I see both sides of this. I see both sides on everything we're talking about. You just don't want to be labeled a choke artist. And when you get up yeah. big and you lose games continually, you're a choker. Well, neither one, least, neither one is great, but yeah. if you're going to sit here and applaud a team for trying and giving all they have, I, I mean, don't fall behind by 16. If you've got all this exactly. energy, use it at the start of the game. Exactly. But that's kind of – Bruce Weber teams have done that, and I don't know what it is. They they have kind of fallen behind at times. As a, but bet you if you went through and grafted it, they, they're behind early more often than mm-hmm. they're ahead, and they kind of settle into things, and the – Defense really gets going. And maybe that's it. Maybe it takes a while to really get stretched out into that defense. At least to my eyeballs last night, there was a noticeable difference in Kansas State in the first 10 minutes of the game from when they're they're kind of I don't want to say going through the motions. They're doing more than that. But they're down 22 to 6, and then what happens? And then they ramp it up a couple of notches and they really get after it defensively, and then some shots start to fall. And that to me, that's kind of the key is when you're doing it at one end. 
you're probably yeah. going to do it at both ends. And that just doesn't happen a lot with this team. I don't – go way back to November when you're talking about – when we're talking about leaders. Mm-hmm. Everybody expected that to be Xavier. And he's done his fair share. But set him to the side right now. Who's the who's the leader on the team? Dejuan. Dejuan. Sadly. But that's maybe in words and in some in some ways backing it up, but he's not a guy that's scoring twelve, fifteen a night. He plays really good. He plays harder defense than most everybody. Well, nobody else is leading by example. I mean, that's that's Pearson my McAtee, point. What are we, I mean, yeah. <laughs> we got to go down that's there. That's my point. The, and really, you kind of nailed it there, Matt. The problem here wasn't that they had only scored six points. The problem would had they gave up twenty two points in seven minutes. Do the math on what that works out to if they'd kept up that clip for the whole game. They gave up way too many baskets early in the game before they decided, hey, we're going to settle in and play, and then for the next. 33 minutes, they only gave up 51 more points. It was it was kind of just, they weren't ready to play. And that also is a sign of immaturity, but you shouldn't have that when you have seniors and, and upperclassmen leaders, but they still do suffer through that. It's, it's frustrating to watch. Um, Last night was the most frustrated over the course of 40 minutes that I've seen Bruce in quite was. some time. He yeah, was. He wasn't happy about anything. Mm-mm. But in fairness, in that loss to Baylor, that's exactly what the Bears do to everyone. I look at that team. You watch that team, and you think, you know, they don't have a guy. They don't have someone. You're like, boy, you got to stop him. They just slowly choke you out, and they just answer more than you can answer. They go down and hit a bucket. They get a stop. They go down and hit a bucket. You got it to six, and all of a sudden, oh, it's 10, 11. They just always have that next answer. That's a really good team. They're, they're kind of what Bruce, I think, wishes his team was. Exactly. Know? Like a bunch of just seven role players who combine to make this just great egoless team, and that's definitely not what Kansas State is. They're really athletic. They can shoot it. And I I think what well, I like the combination of what Baylor is and what West Virginia is this year. If you could mesh those two together, holy smokes. This is the Powercat Insiders Podcast. We are sponsored by Commerce Bank. Whatever financial challenges come your way, Commerce Bank can help. Commerce Bank, challenge accepted. Next topic, and it got a little interesting. Of course, we were at the game. We didn't actually hear Fran Fraschilla on the broadcast take Cardi to task. Let's just play it, and then we'll get our reactions. This young man who has outstanding talent. He's been coming off the bench as of late, and listen, I like this kid. He's a great story, but the body language, and he's, I, I talked to him in the fall when I came to practice. I, I don't think his mind is, I don't think his mind is with Kansas State. I really don't. I think his mind is, is, is uh, playing professional basketball, in my opinion. This is a mistake for him. This is a real mistake. He's blowing an opportunity to be a very good college player. Look, Fran's a journalist or analyst. He can say whatever he wants. I mean, it's his microphone. One, he's not known as a guy that comes out and says that kind of stuff, but he does on occasion. Was his assessment of Cardi and how it was delivered fair? It came right after that technical foul, which I think was for language or something. Um, The magic word. Yep. Is it was it fair for him to drop that bomb on Cardi? I'd say yes. I say yes. I think. I mean, it's, yeah. not, it's not anything that hasn't been said. It's just he's saying it to everyone. Yeah, <laughs> everyone instead of people whispering it. The people pushing back for me seem to be well. You shouldn't say that about a college player. Well, I mean, they're open to assessment. Uh, or Bruce fed it to him. Well, I don't know about that. I don't know how you can leap to that piece of logic. Although it does kind of echo what Bruce said after the game. He's been talking about having to live in the moment. And what Bruce has been hinting at all year. Right. The stuff he says about Cardi every time you know he, he meets with the media. But yeah, I Bruce think did not rush to his defense no. last night. Very interesting. What Fran saw is reality. Right. What Fran said in a lot of ways is reality. If you, whether you're a fan or you're Kellis or you're Ryan or you're Fitz or you're me and you've watched this team 
God bless the young man, but Cartier Jada's body language is ungood. And it's unacceptable. Um, it didn't really happen last night. He seemed to bring some energy to the team when it, he came in. It did happen last night. I mean, in terms of souring everything around him, he has had that effect. They seemed to play okay when he was in there. He did have a souring effect at West Virginia, I thought. Uh, but I'm not just talking about when the clock's ticking down. Oh, yeah. I know. I'm talking about the entirety from warm-ups until the game is done. His body language is not what it should be. This brings me back to what Kella said earlier. If you're on scholarship and you're playing college basketball, you're kind of obligated to give it all. I mean, that's what you're there to do. You didn't come to play college basketball someplace to mope around. I really believe this. It was a harsh hammer to drop on him, but nothing in there was not true. This is exactly what he's been doing. He's living somewhere else right now in his head instead of being present with his team and trying to make the best of the situation. Um, and it's been a big part of the reason this team has struggled. And now the next wave of that problem has become the guy that you thought would be one of your main leaders isn't really leading the way you want to. So now the young guys are leading, and that makes him mad again <laughs> that he's not the leader. I don't know. It, it's a tough spot for him because well, it's a tough spot for everybody. Because, like you said, I think if Bruce had his way, he would be the leader, the guy, even more than Xavier right now. But, there's no doubt. But it's gone the other way so much that I don't think he wants to play him. I mean, you talk about him going pro this year. I think Bruce would happily let him do that. If he I don't, had, I don't think he really would want him back. An extra guard or two sitting there that were capable of playing. I think he would do it. I think he would. They would have parted ways. I think something. Something caused Bruce to pull him out of the starting lineup, and it wasn't just trying to get more oomph out of the starting lineup. I think he probably had just, enough I just don't think he's listening. I mean, you know. I remember I used the word fried a moment ago. In a perfect world, when you're a guy like Cartier Jada, who is you, – you've, you've had Dean Wade, Barry Brown, and Kamal Stokes in front of you. You're not the leader. When it comes your turn to be the leader, what you would hope at worst is by the time you get to conference play in early January, you've gone through some of those struggles and trials and tribulations, and then when you get to Big 12 play, you're ready to become that leader. You've watched, you've dealt with the, the hard part of the first two months. Now you know what to do, but that has not happened with this individual. And I, I'm going to tell you this just from the broadcasting side of it. And Fitz, I know what you said. Um, I learned early on in my broadcasting career how you deal with a high school student athlete and mm -hmm. what can and cannot be said about a high school student athlete during a game, football, basketball, whatever. You could not say or should not say in a high school game, Kellis Robinette is he's ready to go to college. He has forgot about high school. His mind is at college ready for whatever the sport is. You can't do that. Agreed. College, you can do what Fran Fraschilla did. And then there's, for me, there's no whole bars when you get to the next level. You get level. to the NFL, Definitely. NBA, pro sports, game on. I think it has more meaning coming from Fran, who's normally a very fair, even-handed guy. It means he sees something, he's viewing something. Because he mentioned uh, watching him in the shoot-around and kind of being around him, that he could just almost feel the vibe coming off of him. I, I don't really care to be here. I'm just playing out the string. I was honestly the even more than Fran, what Fran said. I I was very taken aback by the player reactions when he got that technical. Like every all four of his teammates on the court looked annoyed as yep. hell. Like instantly they knew what happened. And Cardi got a technical. What an idiot! They all looked, and nobody was rushing over there to say, "Hey, it's okay. You'll get him next time." It was basically just get off the court. Yeah. And that combined with what Fran said, it'll be gut check time for him in the next game. I would imagine. No, I agree with you too, Fitz, about the fact that it – I think it means more coming from Fran. Because there, there are just certain guys like Dan Dockich, for instance, who just seems to be like somewhat of a hot take artist all the time on Twitter and when he's on broadcast. But I don't – and I watch obviously a lot of Big 12 games and Fran's on a lot. I don't ever recall him doing something like that to a specific player. Fran? Yeah, off the top of my he, head. He does it very occasionally. Yeah. And, that's, and there's a good reason when he does it. He's – you brought up a prime example, Catfish. He is not Dan Dockich. Now, you're right. Dan Dockich is a hot take artist 99% of the time. Fran is, I don't want to say calculated, 
But when Fran does it, it's right on, and it should catch your yeah. attention. The guy used to coach, as did Dan Dockage, but uh, they just well, go about it differently, and that's what I'm does. saying. Like I know, because Fitz, you kept talking about Tim Welch during the Saturday's game, and the what second you, guessing artist. Yeah, yeah, so you, it, it you just, couldn't hear, but you know, Tim Welch is doing this game, and he's a former coach too. But it seems like his role in a color commentator is: I'm going to second guess referees, I'm going to second guess the coach, I'm going to second guess the players, I'm just going to second guess. I'm thinking, God, I could never play for this guy. Because if no matter what you do, if it didn't work out, he's going to say, "Well, you should have done this." Well, and the reason I brought Get that hindsight. up, yeah, it's the reason I brought that up was just because again, just each commentator has a different style, right. and so I'm just saying that if this had been, for instance, Dan Dockage bringing this up, I don't think it would carry the weight that it would with Fran. That's just my opinion. Well, who was the last player you remember him? Yeah, I'd like, like to know. I know, like this year, he took Shaka Smart in Texas to task. What did he do that, that, that got Kansas fans so riled up? He's done it to KU a couple of times um, to certain players. Yeah. Certain players. He got after DeSosa during the fracas a week and a half mm-hmm. ago. James uh, Love, too. <laughs> to be honest, Kels, I can't say, you know, it was this player or that player, but he's. I, I think you're right. I, he's I, done it occasionally. He did something. He said something about a KU player they didn't like a while back, but. I didn't think anything he said was out of bounds. No. But I, I agree with you guys. I think it coming from him, I it's think a, it actually probably does carry been, a little bit more weight. It's, yeah. a, it's a different voice. Yeah. Uh, I'm telling you what, it, you know, any fan who's out there saying, you know, and I think DJ Johnson tweeted, why, why is he saying this about our players? You, you can't miss it. You, you can't. If you're not seeing what's going on with him, how visible it is, then you're not watching. Now, there's also a role in being a fan, which isn't just blind support. When something's wrong, you got to you got to say, hey, this is wrong. Let's get this fixed. That's part of being a fan. You're a fanatic about it. You want better. I I don't know. I am confident that if they had a couple young guards sitting over there that could use playing time, Cardi wouldn't be playing very much. Well, and to follow up on Just that. Just don't have enough guys. To follow up on that point, Fitz, like you said, it's not that Fran obviously doesn't watch K-State film, watch K-State games, stuff like that. But, I mean, he's not around the team as often as we are, and the fact that he picked up on it and made it a point to bring it up during the broadcast, I think that that's what really speaks volumes. Yeah, you don't have to watch much. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> what was it early in the season when uh, he threw the big eye roll at Bruce? Bruce talking about sidelines, and just right there on TV, he dramatically rolls his eyes as his head coach. Right then you're like, uh, this isn't good. This is not a good player-coach relationship. Well, I don't know. His teammates deserve better. That's what I always said. You know, that was one of my knocks with uh, Bruce and the Marcus Foster situation. It was a very complex situation. Um, There was a lot of moving parts to it. But at some point, the teammates deserved him not to be on the team. And, you know, he played out the whole season, and I thought it kind of spoiled things. Marcus was a very good player, but there were a lot of moving parts there. Bruce didn't feel like it was someone he wanted to cut loose. He was worried that even worse would take place if he was taken out of the environment of the basketball program. That all hell would have broken loose with them. And and I think in hindsight now, Marcus understands that, understands the negativity, but also that Bruce was trying to get him back on track. This is a different situation. Cardi just doesn't seem to give a you-know-what. Just doesn't. And here's what's amazing. If it really is, if Fran nailed this and it's about he's living in the next moment, not the current moment, and he wants to be in the NBA, does he think he's doing anything here to impress scouts, to impress teams, that this is a guy that you want in your locker room? He's not playing well enough, you know, step one. He's not He's not an NBA guy right now. He needs another year. and he needs, I don't even know if he's a G League guy right now. I agree with you. He's not a point guard, and he's not a shooting guard. He's just a tremendous athlete yep. who turns the ball over too often, loses his dribble, takes ill-advised shots. He did a lot of that late in the game. Well, I'll just shoot up this three. That'll fix it. It's. Uh, I loved his uh, overhand baseball pass at full speed to McCall Maywean. You guys remember that one? Mm-hmm. Like, did he really think there was any chance he was going to catch that? Come on. I know. <laughs> you got to be conscious of who. Maybe he was trying to aim at one of us on press row, trying to throw the ball at Maybe. us. But I think that's a big thing. I like what. What is his job on this team? I don't think anybody's known all season. Is he the point guard? Is he the shooting guard? Is he supposed to have assists? Is he supposed to score? Like, what's he supposed to do? I, I'm i not sure. And we're how many games in the season? 22? 22. Yeah. yeah. Not I great. I think it's all of that. I don't think he understands 
or doesn't accept what he's supposed to do. I think it's more doesn't accept. Especially because a point guard and create yeah. and lead. And he goes, I just want to score, man. I want to get points. You have to want to be a leader. You have to want that mantle, and you have to do the right things to do it. And I don't think he wants that or accepts it. It does seem like the only two things he really is interested in are the uh, super dramatic shots, step back threes, driving layups, or just, you know, highlight assists. Mm -hmm. It doesn't seem like he wants to just go, oh, here you go, take the ball, do something cool with it. But things work out. I mean, yesterday he gave the ball to Xavier and he had that great dunk. Yeah. I am always surprised anytime he drives the lane and goes like one on two or three when he kicks it out. Because I'm all, I basically, I just always expect that he's going to try to make this hero ball move and just either throw up a crazy shot or get a charge. And the maddening thing is the kid could be special. If he had put his nose to the grindstone and said, I'm going to work on this, I'm going to work on my ball handling, I'm going to work on my, you know, my complete game because I probably need to point, be a point guard if I want to play at any professional level. You know, I just think he's thought, I'm going to ascend, not climb. I'm just going to be gifted a better role because I'm who I am and a junior on a very young team instead of really leading by example and getting there. It's been an amazing situation to watch because this Kansas State team, people are tweeting things like, I never expected this team to be this bad. Well, I thought it could be this way, but I didn't think it would be because of this. I didn't see this one coming. I didn't see Marcus Foster coming because he was an incredible young man as a freshman. And then he went in the tank as a sophomore, and now we've seen it with Cardi as a junior. Well, to be fair, a lot of guys have gone in the tank. Like, who, who's better of the returning guys well, than right. were last year? Mac isn't. Cardi isn't. Mm. Mike isn't. But Mike's at least maybe the same. But, like, nobody's taking a step forward. Yeah, Levi's better. I think Mike's better. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with X that. X is kind of what I thought he would be. And that, that's probably not as good as some people thought he would be, but he is what he is. Mm-hmm. He's just – folks, he's not – He's going to have great nights, and there's nights he's going to score six or eight. I think just a lot of people, me included, because I thought they were going to be in the tournament, I think a lot of people looked at what they've done the last couple of years and said, oh, they'll take a big step forward. They won't drop off much, but nobody's taking a big we, step forward. Kellis, we don't know if James Love or Nigel Shad have gotten better because they're on the court. So. <laughs> oh, can't it on appears, well, appears James Love is a little bit quicker with his feet. Yeah. Can really get to the point on the floor he needs to get to. Kansas State's now nine and thirteen overall, two and seven in the Big Twelve as they hit the turn, so to speak, and start into the last half or the second half of the or the back nine. Back nine. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I mean, uh, wait, we said the turn. I'm like, I was waiting for you to make uh, another golf reference. I did kind of screw that up. You did. You just com- yeah. You just delete it. And just... I mixed my metaphors. Yeah. No, I'm leaving it because my stupidity <laughs> needs to be. If he honest. liked it or played it, he would have used it. Ah, I see. Two and seven in the conference, but they go to Iowa State on Saturday and start a whole different phase of their conference schedule. And we'll get into that as the Powercat Insiders podcast continues, sponsored by Commerce Bank. Stay locked in. The Powercat podcast will be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We now send it back to Fitz in the WTC gig-powered studios. Welcome back to the Powercat Insiders podcast from the WTC Gig Parrot Studios here in downtown Manhattan, Kansas. Tim Fitzgerald, Matt Walters, Kellis Robinette, Ryan Black, the A-team in your ears this week. 24 hours late, but we're here. Come on, Big 12 slash ESPN. If you're going to do two Monday games, don't put them both at 8 o'clock, for God's sakes. What was that about? 
They did that last week, too. They had four games going at the same time. Like, no staggering throughout the week or anything. I don't understand that at all. I mean, because if you're a conference person and you want to watch hoops, you'll turn on the game. I mean, you know, if K-State hadn't been playing on Monday, I probably would have watched a lot of that Texas-Kansas game or gone back and watched the Chiefs again. Probably that. Um, well, but if you're a Bachelor fan, there's apparently like I a three-hour I am not. Do Stop. not associate me with Riley Gates. We're not oh, talking bad. about the Bachelor on this show. Come on. Exactly. Thank he just, you. He just did. <laughs> He's not going to Catfish. <laughs> well, I've never seen an episode. Catfish, just... stop. We're not going that route. You're about to lose your rose. Mm. <laughs> Iowa State, they haven't played the Cyclones yet. They get to go to Ames on Saturday. It's a huge opportunity. This, they have a, they can finish strong here. They've really had a tough stretch here. Started off poorly. They, they played some teams they, they should have beaten or could have beaten at Texas, TCU here, at Oklahoma, and let those slip by. But, guys, this game Saturday just feels big to me. If they really want to finish with the surge and they're not going to replicate Oklahoma State. Bruce brought it up on the radio post game that, you know, they started 2-7 and seven under Underwood that one year he was there and finished 7-2 and two and got to 9-9 nine and nine and snuck in the tournament. Even if they do that, their non-conference resume is yep. going to keep no, there's, there's no way. They're that not would get them in IT, though, I think. Yeah. Yep. Oh, if they get over 500, they'll be, they'll be in something. I, I don't see it happening. But they can, you know, I think having a winning record down this final nine games would be enormous for this program. I don't see that happening. I don't see five and four. But they're capable. Iowa State's very beatable home and away. Oklahoma State's beatable home and away. Still go to TCU. They still have Texas coming in, which is a weird hit and miss team. There, there are wins out there, and they've already beaten a West Virginia team, so they're capable of beating a team like Tech. They are. I don't think they will in Lubbock, but they are. Probably not. Not in Lubbock. And that's kind of brings us full circle to what I talked about earlier. They're just kind of fighting for dignity. They're fighting to win the play hard shot for dignity. <laughs> Man, it's, it's sad but true. That sounds like something on PBS. They're fighting for yeah, dignity. Most people say playing for pride. <laughs> Dig- fighting dignity. For dignity. Yeah. Because right, if you're going to end the season, K-State bottomed out after the Marcus Foster situation of 5-13. and 13. You don't want to be worse than that. I tell you that. Sure as hell you don't want to be. Yeah, it's funny because that, that team, you could tell a lot of Knights didn't give their max effort. But no. when they did bring it, they had enough talent to still win. This team's kind of the opposite. They could win five games. But it's going to be difficult because they have to do the little things. Yeah, well, I, think, I think they could. They very five, easily five could four. sweep Iowa State and Oklahoma State mm-hmm. and beat TCU. TCU and Texas. They could also lose to all those teams. They, yeah. Oh, boy. They could be Oklahoma State's like lone win mm-hmm. conference. They really could. This is the PowerCat Insiders Podcast, sponsored by Commerce Bank. Life is full of moments, big and small. Commerce Bank has the technology and the people to help with whatever financial challenges come your way. Commerce Bank, challenge accepted. Okay, I live in a bizarro world right now. Signing day is tomorrow slash Wednesday. This used to be the big day. Mr. SEC over here knows yep. all about it. <laughs> used to be. <laughs> it used to be the big day. And then they added this early signing period if guys wanted to get it out of the way and sign. And I don't think anyone at that time imagined that this signing day, for the most part, unless you have a new coach or really screwed up your early period, this day would be fairly insignificant. That now that December signing day is the day. That's it. In case state might sign someone, might not, or they might stand pat with what they did. It's weird, guys, but is this good for college football? Is it Was it just a change yeah. for, to have the early signing day? I mean, if you're a new coach coming in, I think the challenge of, of getting up to speed is just unbelievable now. That's, you know what I mean? You kind of got to try to hang on to recruits, but maybe the previous coach didn't do much. And, oh, by the way, 80% of the players already signed. You can't flip someone. Yeah, and the the players that previous coach would have brought in might not fit your system at all. Exactly. And now you've got you're saddled with fifteen twenty guys who just aren't the people who you would have wanted in the first place. I mean, what I call it, 
what tomorrow is is anticlimactic. You know, I mean, it used to be, man. And, I mean, hey, some people hated it, and that's fine. But, I, mean, I guess I loved all the crazy hijinks, you know, with all these kids on signing day, you know, or, you know, they'd, they'd maybe put on four different hats or they'd rip off the one shirt and it was like another shirt. Or, you know, I remember when, when I was at University of Georgia and Isaiah Crowell, the, the running back, uh, you know, he – How'd the crow – yeah. Well, he well no he but well I'm saying but to commit to Georgia, some he, someone actually handed him a bulldog puppy. <laughs> um, so, you like that? So I, I just love that. I just uh, I just love those things, and I'm not saying there won't be a handful of those kids who do that tomorrow, but it just uh, I, I kind of miss it a little bit. Now I, I don't know how I'll say this too, man, Kellis. I know you're kind of in the same boat as me, and, and even even you are, I guess. Since I don't cover recruiting every single day of my life, like 24 seven. Pardon the pun, I guess, but that, that uh, I must be in a boat by myself. You know, just well, I just didn't know, like you know, you didn't have to worry about it. Yeah, is that I will say it's less work on me now, right now. You know, it's compared yeah. to having to cover college basketball season, and then okay, by the way, there's this big giant signing day thing you got to worry about in the middle of it. So I don't know. I, I guess, like I said, I just feel like it's I don't know if it's good or bad for college football. Um, I would say that it draws less attention now. That's for certain. I think it okay. gave them a reason for people to talk about college football in February. And now when it's just kind of like a lead up to the bowl season, it's like, well, people are already talking about football anyway. So I guess it depends on if you come down on should college football have it in February because it's a reason for people to talk about college football so much. At now, that let me uh, circle back here to a topic that was a big part of the first half of the podcast, um, The Bachelor. Yes. <laughs> I, I kind of feel like uh, what we're missing here is part. the part I didn't enjoy was the kind of drama and story of, well, I'm committed, but I'm going to start looking around. I'm so happy I don't have to deal with yeah, the whims of an 18-year-old and just – you know, okay, I know I told you I was coming and you've saved the scholarship for me for a year and a half now, but I'm changing. And, you know, pulls out a, a train because he's going to Purdue. <laughs> the one that sticks out most in my mind is probably one of the most recent incidences at K-State, and that was when Zach Shackelford, who was the starting yeah. center literally forever at Texas, he was coming to K-State until the wee last moment, and then here comes the mad cow, and it steps in front, and he winds up committing to Texas. He might have helped a little bit. He would have been solid. No, That has nothing to do with Adam Holtorf because he was tremendous. Mm-hmm. But that's just one of those I'll, – I'll never forget that one from signing day when Shackelford chooses Texas at the very last second. I don't miss that stuff either. I wish I could remember the young man's name that was a committed quarterback to K-State, and then Gundy was hired at Oklahoma State, so it's been a long time ago. And he flipped because his mom went to Oklahoma State and was friends with Gundy from college. Zach, what was their quarterback? He was quarterback Rudolph? for— Rudolph? Uh, no, may not be right. From Kansas? No, he no, was—I don't he wasn't from Kansas. Yeah, I don't, I don't recall. I'm old. He started for Oklahoma State for two or three years. The one thing I would like to see is uh, memory sucks. Hmm. If you're going to go early signing day, I'd have the early signing day earlier, like before football season starts. Kind of like how basketball does it. That way, you could have like if people were really, really committed, really wanted to sign, they could do so in like September or August. Yeah, Just totally get out of the way. Because it has five commitments for later. you know twenty twenty one right now. Why not? There's just not a big enough gap between December and February for me. It doesn't seem like a lot of teams are getting anything done. In yeah, spot. I agree. Next topic, Kansas City Chiefs. Everything to do with the K-State sports because our guy Byron Pringle has a ring. But I was impressed by all three K-Staters yeah. in that game. They all made their presence felt, mostly on special teams. I did catch on that final run by Damian Williams. Pringle absolutely panned his receiver. The guy, the poor receiver, never saw Williams run by. He was just swamped. So, um, kind of fun. K State's working to try to get him back here for kind of a honoring them at halftime of a game. We'll see if they can match up everyone's schedule. I'm not going to the parade on Wednesday. It's supposed to be more. Am I cold and a lot of humanity and how many porta potties? 700. That's important. Most to me. ever for a, an event in Missouri history. 
My kids asked me to take them out of school and take them, but I don't think I will oblige. No. Sounds like a lot of work. It's good. Uh, the only way, I, I personally think the only way to do it. Not voting you dad for the year now. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a, hmm. Go up the day before and get a hotel room that's nearby and walk to it. And just, oh, yeah. you know, spend two nights in Kansas City and then come back afterwards and just avoid the whole traffic and everything. And I'll be that guy. It's a parade. It's a parade. I'm not a, I'm not a parade yeah. guy. Well, like the the when they had the Royals parade, it looked cool and everything. But could you imagine like being in the center of all those people? Nope. It'd be horrible. Yeah, they got the porta potties, but I bet you couldn't even get to them. Nope, wouldn't want to. Cars were like stranded on I seventy trying to get there into. Just seemed like a big old mess. Hmm. When are they going to have the parade in Manhattan? That's what I want to know. There are people here going wild for it. It was crazy. They should have a bunch of parades. They should go there, then Lawrence, then Manhattan. <laughs> I just a whole tour. A, a chief's trek of the state. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd go to that. Little mini like the Royals caravan of years past. Yeah. That game, in hindsight, was absolutely how it needed to play out. I mean, I thought I thought the Chiefs were the better team. They'd kind of roll and win. And I certainly must have underestimated that what that defense was going to do to the Chiefs. But falling behind and winning with a surge of points is so on brand for this Kansas City Chiefs team and Kansas City sports because that's basically how the Royals won the World Series. Oh, we suck and we're going to lose. Nope, we win. <laughs> like time after time, they did that in their playoff runs. Ah, oh, we're behind. It's the ninth. We win. Over and over, and that's exactly what Pat Mahomes did. This kid's special. Think about it, since 2015, the state of Missouri has World Series, NFL, and Stanley Cup. And you probably could throw in soccer, too, for you that matter. And go back early enough, you got another World Series with the Cardinals. The 2010s were good. Yeah, but the president gave our state the shout-out. That's right. <laughs> Not Missouri. Well, I'll take it on the chin. You know, unlike you guys, I did pick the 49ers. Unlike you, Fitz, I thought the defense could do what they did. They did. They you were remember good. My, my score pick was 27-24, 49ers. If Jimmy Garoppolo could throw a pass, they would have, you know, they would have won by that score, but and then and you know and you guys are like, oh, well, the Chiefs crapped twenty four points. I'm like, yeah, but they haven't seen a defense, and they would have ended with twenty four if not for the again the very late, late, late garbage yeah. time touchdown. Uh, what I think is very intriguing, and I'm just I want to get your guys' opinion on this. I mean, obviously, I've seen other people on the K State beat say, uh, you know, they're ready to embrace this Chiefs dynasty. And I mean, do you guys actually think they're going to become a dynasty? Because there's no sport out there that's harder to do that than the NFL. And I think the current NFL particularly. Yes. I I mean, you look at the Patriots last year, they were pieced together. I mean, they they just started piecing things together and still made runs. And, you know, there's just so much good fortune that goes into it. I think you've got some guys on this team that are going to take less money to stay together which is an oddity in sports. But I think that'll be true of Sammy Watkins. I think that'll be true of Pat Mahomes. I think he'll take a contract because he's going to make so much money in endorsements because he's Mr. America. That is part of the reason the Patriots have been so good, too, is that Brady has never, to my knowledge, has never been the highest-paid player in the NFL. Like He obviously deserved it and could have had it, but he just, like you said, always said, well, I want us to hopefully be able to bring in some guys who can help me. You know, His wife's got a pretty good job. Yeah, that too. I think they'll win another Super Bowl. I don't know if they'll like match the Patriots or anything because if you look like like the Seahawks, they won that first one with Russell Wilson, then paid him a lot of money, and they haven't done it again. It's mm-hmm. hard when you designate that much money to one dude. And, and like, like you, maybe Mahomes doesn't take the biggest contract in history, but it'll be a lot, so they'll have to manage that. So I'm not sitting here saying they'll win ten more, but I bet they win one, maybe two more. I, I'm expecting that. Yeah, the dynasty thing like the Patriots is darn near impossible. I think the Chiefs can win a couple more, and it's it, to me it's about the guys that were around Brady and the guys that they'll have around Mahomes. You have to hit on so many of those because you're not going to have a lot of players, like Fitz said, that will say, hey, I'm going to take less money to stay. But whoever they get in free agency is going to be um, – Imperative to their success, but also in the draft. They have to have a lot of hits here in the next few years. I mean, you can, the Patriots have won with really not the greatest NFL players, but they've had guys. You are right. They've had guys like Edelman, who's there all the time. I mean, he is now, he became an elite NFL wide receiver. And on the defensive side of the football, outside of, I'll say a guy like Patrick Chung, 
because he was there throughout and some of the defensive ends that they've had and you know McCordy a cornerback they just were were very constant yeah it's, it's going to be hard for the Chiefs I would say 2020 I would say in the next five six years they'll win a couple of Super Bowls well I was like like yeah to your point I mean with Brady I mean Randy Moss obviously Hall of Famer um Maybe Edelman, maybe Welker, depending on what you think of them. Richard Seymour probably will get in at some point. Maybe uh, Teddy Ruski, potentially. Uh, and then, like I said, maybe McCourty or Revis at, at cornerback. But like I said, overall, not not really a lot of Hall of Famers on the Patriots as compared to so many of the other dynasties, right. like the, the Steelers and the, the Cowboys and the, obviously the 49ers. You saw all those guys at the NFL 100 celebration. And, and that's the other thing I want to bring up is that I think because of how just unbelievably consistent the Patriots have been, it skews how hard it is to win Super Bowls. Yeah. How many people would think that Aaron Rodgers only have one Super Bowl? That's ben Roethlisberger won two at a very young age, that's and he has won another one. It's just very hard to win Super Bowls. So, I mean, yeah, it, I don't know the number off the top of my head, but I mean, I don't think more than 12 quarterbacks have won two or more Super Bowls. So, I mean, if you win another one, that already... Put you in league company. Yeah, I mean, so... And Brett shout Beach out, has his work cut yeah, out for him. Shout out. Yeah, to him because everything he did in the offseason, whether it's those draft picks or the free agent signings, just Frank worked. Clark. Frank Clark. Honey Badger. Honey, Honey Badger is huge. One. And not only good players, but guys that really kind of fixed some cultural problems on the defensive side of the ball. They had a great locker room. Yeah, they did. With eclectic parts, that's really amazing to pull off. A lot of big personalities that work together. Guess what time it is? It's rant time. <laughs> The you know, Catfish I, Rant is I, sponsored by nothing. You know, I didn't really have one until when I came in here into this room, into our, into this studio, oh, the uh, Go Powercat Studios. It's going to be about Bachelor. No, no, no. No, it's not. I've never seen an episode of it. I can't speak on it. it the thing that you brought up about Tim Welch, it reminds me because some of the guys who've worked with me, they give me a hard time about this. It, it reminds – I'm going to go into this about these analysts on, on television broadcasts, specifically one in particular. I like Jeff Van Gundy a lot overall. I think he's very smart. He knows the NBA, knows the game of basketball. But nothing gets me more irritated. And Jay Billis is like this, by the way, on college broadcasts. They constantly complain about the officials and about reviews and about slowing the game down and things like that. And I'm like, it's part of the game. It is what it is. You complaining about it all the time, endlessly, is not going to change anything. And so, yeah, I, I'll be honest. In terms of analyst style, the second guesser guys are the ones who drive me insane. Because I'm like, if you knew so much, then why aren't you still coaching? Right. Right? Then someone should, someone, someone should hire you. If you're, if you're so smart, you know, so much more than the coaches and the officials, why are you sitting there on a mic? Get back and coach. Hungry? Just shut up. It irritates the crap out of me. He's talking to me, man. Well, just irritates. I mean, like, I mean, like, now, Billis, at least, is not quite as absurd as Van Gundy. But, man, you turn on a Van Gundy broadcast, you would you would black out and die drunk if you had to sit there and take a shot every time he talked about the officials or about a review. It's unbelievable. It's well, unbelievable to me. Thank you. Yes, one it irritates me. One of the funniest uh, Onion articles I've ever read was uh, when, you remember when Tony Romo was getting all the pub for predicting mm-hmm. the plays before that happened? Oh, I well, feel like I know the one uh, you're talking about. That, Someone sent me yeah, the link. somebody, the, the Onion put a fake story out that said, like, Tony Romo uh, regrets not using his powers to predict plays while he was actually yeah. quarterback. <laughs> he's just really good, though. He doesn't seem to be a second guesser. Is he, isn't it crazy to think he's worth like $15 million next year? Somebody's going to give him that much money to Let's just talk about there, ESPN. Talk about okay, him, okay. and you know what? Here's, here's I guess, kind of the, the flip side of this, guys, because I don't know what you guys think of this person. I absolutely love Bill Walton. I, I like, And I know that he goes way off the wall with so many – and he half the time doesn't Catfish. ever talk about the game. That but does not surprise me. If that he, just came out of Catfish's mouth. <laughs> oh, man, when, when they had that, that ESPN series, this has been 15 years ago, and it was called uh, Bill Walton's Long Strange Trip, I watched every episode of it. Every single episode. Hashtag stunner. Yeah, good but, for him. But Here are the two best analysts in college basketball. Go. And I'm not going to put him one or two because I think they're right there. When Jay Billis is not talking or tweeting about the NCAA, yeah, that's, Jay that, Billis yeah. and Bill Raftery yeah, are the two yeah. best analysts in college basketball, and Fran Fraschill is third. And, I, and, I, and I want to make I sure I, Bill yeah, Raftery. I, I do think Billis is great, but he does just seem to delve into 
uh, just a lot of things where I'm like, just I don't care about that. Jay Billis trips into things that makes him sound above everything. You know, like and it didn't well, I've got this all way. figured out. You got to pay the players. It'll all work. Oh no, Jay, it won't work. It's not going to work. Vital is the best. You guys are all crazy. He used to be. <laughs> now he's just a damn parody of so, himself. From the time Bill Raftery dropped, send it in, Jerome. Yeah, <laughs> hooked. That was a catfish. Yeah, I, I, uh, yeah a, a fish hook. I, right. I know okay. what they what they look like. I'm just making sure. <laughs> Because I, sure. right. I've had to avoid a few of them. Well, like a catfish. This guy's got <laughs> a beard. You've had to avoid a few catfish hooks in your life, have you? I've just, hey, you know, when you're when when you're a young, handsome man like myself, uh-huh, when you're clean shaven, uh-huh. you got to sometimes be on the lookout for mm-hmm. cougars and stuff. Yeah, uh-huh. and hooks. Uh-huh. We can tell it hasn't worked because you haven't watched The Bachelor. Because if you're in any relationship, you'll have, you to, have watch. to watch. <laughs> you just have to watch this scene. No, no I really you don't. don't. I really don't have to. Okay, I'm going to watch it. Oh, so your wife is into it. Oh, my oh. God. Cut the cord. Please. Then there's no chance. Oh, my God. We cut the cord, but we got YouTube TV, so uh, that, we well, still watch it. Cut that, too. No, Catfish, don't say it. You're done. Well, no, I just wanted to bring up that at least, guys, what I always try to point out to people. No, Bill Walton maybe doesn't always talk about the two teams in front of him, but you are never going to learn more about like an obscure Asian or African country or what the closest body of water was named after. Things like you're just going to learn so much about the world from listening to Bill Walton that hey, you know why don't I mean aren't you guys naturally curious like I am? You mentioned PBS earlier. I did. I'm curious like a cat. But not if Bill Walton's doing that. Okay. Well, I mean, again, guys, I understand that anytime he does a game, it starts trending on Twitter because it's always. I mean, I, I'm going to say it's probably 60 40 negative, but there, there's a lot of people like myself who, who are big fans of him. Nat Geo is the best channel for Bill Walton. Speaking, <laughs> <laughs> speaking uh, of ratings, did you catch the ratings that in the final 15 minutes of the game, Kansas City, the Super Bowl, had a 97% share, meaning 97% of the TVs on in the market were watching the Super Bowl. And all the fireworks were showing up on radar Incredible! the National Weather Service. That was pretty amazing. That's awesome. You would think someone out there would be watching reruns of The Bachelor instead of the Super Bowl because they're not a sports person. You would think. We're watching Bill Walton. What? what, what I mean, I'm just interested. What do you think they were watching, the 3% who weren't? Oh, just the people. There's a lot of non-sports people the out there. thing. A lot of non-sports people out there that don't understand ball and what it means to a town. Have fun, Kansas City, on Wednesday. This has been the Powercat Insiders Podcast. We had fun talking K-State sports and other stuff. Thank you, Commerce Bank. You've been listening to the PowerCat Insiders Podcast, presented by Commerce Bank. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.